Welcome back to Run Replay. This week, we have another very special guest. He has just returned from the mountains, um, running some incredible, some incredible vert and trails, which we're going to hear all about. Welcome to the podcast, Matt Duckett. Hey, hi, Sam. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Good. Yes, thanks. Thanks very much for coming on um yeah we've been um thinking about having a chat since um rum peel chat repeat days um, yeah and then you have had this massive race coming up so i thought that'd be a really good one to to chat about and then it worked really well with what um what i'm doing now so um an honor to have you on as a guest near yeah, days it's all worked out good good timing yeah exactly it's almost like i planned it <laughs> yeah <laughs> not sure i did um so yeah like a nice little intro i like to think back to when we when we first met and i was thinking about it just before like i'm not sure i remember the exact moment but it was like a good group of, of people starting to come to the track um with queen's park harriers and um you were one of them like our growing number towards the front and then obviously we started doing the peeler sessions um mm. and along with rich ettenfield being the one to say let's peel every three laps and make this more interesting i remember you also having some easy peeler oranges one afternoon and saying peelers for peelers and then finishing a whole pack that afternoon yeah. at work <laughs> <laughs> it's that uh i think lack of um self-restraint which probably led me to ultra marathons <laughs> yeah exactly <You laughs> don't know see. when to stop brilliant love it yeah um so we had some good sessions down there running like 16k on the track which sounds as boring and mundane and hard as it is but good good training for the uh monotony of, of parts of the marathon i guess and, yeah um I yes sorry carry on I was just say it was. Uh, I was trying to think of the first uh, first memory of of running with you, and I think it's um, either a Gladstone uh, kind of park run um, or just the track. But obviously, like the the best ones are those um, those peeler sessions. Um, you're probably staring at the back of your head, going uh, going around around the track, watching the hairstyles change over the years. <laughs> um, yes, and. Uh, yeah, obviously you guys kind of have shot off and got a lot faster. Um, I've uh, take, gone, um, take, taken the road less travelled and <laughs> gone uh, gone much further. Yes, absolutely much <laughs> further. And we were in the same um, same race once for one of those kind of trail. Actually, twice we did a half marathon as well together. But the one where I remember was that um, North Downs Way 50K. Yes, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did just, I was obviously... I'd, I'd said that I was taking it easy and me and Neil had a real chatty pace but even then like seeing you coming back the other way because it was now I'm back for most of it I was like Matt is back here already that is absolutely incredible you were you were flying so you've really got it down on those kind of technical trails or hills and all the off-road stuff so yeah be great to hear yeah. a bit more about that um another request from Matt which we haven't carried on so far um, with the previous guests, but I'm more than happy to bring it back um, whenever anyone wants to. But um, we, we had our beer or Bev. So yeah. I'll let I you as a guest, for that. 
yes as the guest do you want to go first yeah so uh i've gone for um uh by the horns brewing warped reverb so it's a um by the horns i i thought they were in tooting but i just quickly um googled it they're actually wandsworth um but they use some some good beers so this is a west coast ipa um i went pretty dry before before the race and they kind of gave us a um, finish line beer which i couldn't really stomach <laughs> at half 11 at night i had a um a sip of it and then uh um uh, yeah, just left it, left it to evaporate. So it's nice to actually enjoy a, a proper beer. I think I had a glass of wine on Sunday, so this would be my first beer since. Oh, nice. So what percentage is on that? Um, this is all right. Six percent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Decent okay, for a Tuesday see. evening. Yeah, definitely. Let's see if we can hear the opening crack on it if, as you give it a because um, it doesn't always work. Yes. Okay, here we go. I'll put uh, put it right up to the mic. Oh, yeah, I got that. Did you get that? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> Excellent. We'll see if it actually comes I've... through in the recording. Yeah, I enjoy li uh, listening to the run pill chat repeats, and it sounds like a mouse's fart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, ridiculous. Yeah, we got it really good in the first um, bit, but I think Zoom has changed... Someone told me Zoom had changed there. So thanks, Nick Christie, for giving us a shout about that. But we need to get it worked out. Um, oh, yeah. So out of 10, what would you give yours? Oh, let's try it. Mm, have a little taste. That is pretty good. Um, I would describe it. It is very hoppy, um, quite sharp. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10. Oh, yeah, strong. It's solid. Start. I went for um, anything that I could see on the shelf that looked ridiculous, which is <laughs> kind of gone. So it's called Fader. Okay, okay. nice. Lane Fader. Um, juicy IPA. I quite like the juicy idea. A born and bred in Brighton. 5.1%. Uh, it's got a picture of a skull chewing on a vinyl on the front with a couple of well, ghosts coming off the side. Yeah, I mean, I like I like those kind of tropical ones. So let's see what this is like. Yeah, bashed up already because it came in the shopping, and maybe it's going to fizz everywhere. Let's see. Oh yeah, let's see if I get I get a good crack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> you didn't hear that, and I got no. it all over my keyboard, which is great. Excellent. Um, yeah, that is a strong beer. Actually, that's um. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's... What's your rating out of 10 for, the, for that? Oh, I couldn't beat a seven and a half. I'd give that like a seven. Nice. Okay. But it's not... Yeah, it's not got enough unique profile flavour. <laughs> God, let's stop that. Right, moving on. So we've kind of alluded to the fact that you run long distances, obviously run marathons and mm. and the stuff to get up to that that level but what was it that got you into running first of all where did it all start yeah um so i kind of like most people started running to lose a bit of weight and um that was uh after i, I ran a little bit kind of at college didn't really run through university played a lot of um rugby then um continued playing rugby when I moved, moved to London after uni and um, uh, 
then just it didn't started not enjoying it so much. I played up at Kilburn, and um, it was kind of uh classic like train on thursday evenings and then matches on saturdays and thursday evenings we normally wanted to go out with mates and um saturdays mm. if you had a game uh you, you know go to the um pub afterwards and then you'd be hung over on sundays and it just kind of took up the whole of the weekend and so um i then found myself getting a bit less and less um kind of fit because i didn't uh, really do much of the sessions and i thought right i really need to kind of change my sport <laughs> sport a bit something which which fits around me a bit better um and then i was uh, like right okay i'll get into um get into running and i wanted to get a bit fitter as well i thought running would be a good good way of doing that um and then it kind of did a few gladstone park runs um did a half marathon um and then 2016 i moved to um to zambia for a year um with mm. work and i li um lived and uh yeah lived and worked in lusaka the capital there and there was a kind of really big running club there um lusaka running club and they all trained for, um towards uh comrades marathon and so uh, which obviously is a ultra marathon um you know 100 uh, 100k i think I think it is um and uh and so the distances that the that the club put out were really big you know we'd go go out on on the saturday for 35k and then on the Sunday do like 20k um and it was all very early in the morning to avoid the heat so oh, we'd yeah. be starting at um uh, you know 5 6 a.m we'd be meeting for the club runs um and by this point I hadn't even ran a marathon I said I hadn't even ran a marathon I hadn't hadn't ran a marathon um and I was doing these quite big um long training sessions and it was it was fun like there was a um quite a good uh vibe to it we'd have people kind of who weren't running if they were injured would be driving and um just do little water stops um and bits like that um and then kind of uh my first big run was um one of the guys was um was turning turning 53 and uh for, what he wanted to do was in the 53 days preceding run 10k a day and on his 53rd birthday run 53k um and so that was the kind of first big long run that i did before i did a marathon and we all did it as a um as a as a club uh and uh yeah had music and um uh the um, people on um doing little aid stations for us and and so kind of that running club um and uh that community there i think was really what got me into kind of running long and then i came back to um the uk at the start of 2017 um and i was like right i want to um you know join a join a running club because i really liked that community aspect of it um for you know giving you the motivation to train um and you know sharing knowledge um and i also really wanted to keep the long long distances going um so that you know that's where i um joined queen's park and um met you guys and i kind of kept um uh always had something in the diary which i was um working towards in terms of a, a big event and it's that classic like uh sign up to something which kind of scares you into training for it is kind of what <laughs> what i um 
uh, kind of the ethos which I which I took on. Um, so I signed up for a 50 miler in the Lake District called Lakes in a Day at the end of 2017. And I was mm. like, right, that's going to be my big kind of main event that's going to spur me to keep doing these um, long distances and big, big training sessions. Um, and uh, the... Uh, and I managed to keep keep it up, but the event itself didn't go particularly well. Um, like you know, the doing um, doing well at ultra marathons, it's also it's also experience based. Um, and at, when you're learning, and there's not a huge amount of like learning resources uh, kind of around, yeah. it, you're just kind of finding your way a, a little bit. Um, and uh, I did that event and you know training up uh, in in the training up to it i made lots of mistakes over, lots of overtraining um kind of i thought well 50 miles if i do two um marathons on back back to back days i should be all right to run the 50 miles and i got injured from doing two marathons on back to back days mm-hmm. um went into the event a little bit uh, feeling a little bit niggly in in um, my knees because I hadn't quite managed to resolve that injury, um, and then hadn't properly trained for the terrain either. Um, I'd not been to the Lake District before, and so completely kind of underestimated um, the um, the the mountains there. I was doing some strength training, but it was nowhere near enough. Um, and <laughs> kind of very early in the race, I I fell, um, I, I slipped landed on my um on my head torch which i needed for the night section and um oh, no. so spent spent the night section running with my iphone um torch uh, <laughs> i've done that in hampstead heath and that was enough yeah. god it's tough isn't it yeah um <laughs> and so uh, the um but, but i got, got through it um and uh then you know kept signing up for signing up for more and gradually kind of getting a bit more and more experienced and uh and kind of finding finding things out um you know trying to uh, i always like reading lots about training so um lots of books um you know did the um uk athletics coaching course as well trying to you know just find out more understand more about about running and kind of um accumulating this that kind of knowledge all of the years and then just trying to keep putting it into practice to keep trying to test myself with different events like i said like trying to find events which scare me into training which are, mm. are big challenges which you can then kind of un- unpick and um work out work out how to how to how to beat them i guess yeah love it i think going back to the was it lusaka runners did you have a yeah. a, a vest from that running club Oh yeah, I did. I got uh, got a couple of vests. Yeah, did good. you come to track for that back in the day? I yeah, to oh, I still do. Of those. Yes, I, good. I don't really have many vests. I don't like vests too much, but um, it's uh, it's pretty Larry. So uh, um, you know, bright bright green green and orange. Yeah. Um, um, I had a, um, someone from work went out there the following year and the club changed their vest colours. So I um, I asked if she could bring me back one of the new vests because yes. um, because they looked sick. <laughs> yeah, love it. And then you said you were doing quite long distances with them because obviously comrades training. What what kind of distances were you doing-ish? Like for their, yeah, their so it was more just quite, um, big back-to-backs. So um, right. like I said, it was we were doing... 20 miles 35k on one day and then the next day doing probably somewhere in um so the sunday doing something probably in the 
20s between 20 and 30k it wasn't particularly structured it was kind of um social long runs but mm. obviously that's um doing two back to back like that it's quite quite big um and uh and so uh yeah that was their kind of main training session really and then kind of in between that i would um go and do some speed work at a at a track i lived not too far from a local track um but we had some good events out there. Did a um, uh, did the Victoria Falls half marathon, which was um, pretty pretty cool, and then a uh, a yeah. trail marathon in a um, a game reserve. Uh, so, and that was a a really big learning experience actually because it was um, it, obviously it was hot, uh, and I was um, I was leading it um for quite a big way, but really blew up. It blew up with about. Uh, 10k to go still a long way and got overtaken um and ended up coming in coming in fifth um mm. and it just i had kind of was e eating not drinking enough eating too much sugar um and uh it just everything i was then started to try and drink loads um but just kind of wasn't really hydrating um myself at all um mm. and kept tried to go to the loo and like you know my pee was completely brown um oh, yeah, yeah it was but it's still a brilliant race i look back on it uh so fondly because even though i blew up it was in such a stunning location and it's one of the, those ones where you learn so much from i still find that with the marathon distance like you did the every time you do a marathon you learn something you learn something new from it even i'm just going going for it from it socially yeah um, you, know, you don't have to be going for a time it's always you can always learn something from it totally yeah and actually doing those different types of approaches teaches you different things a lot more than if you do just go for a time or a pb every every time i think yeah. there is it's yeah i mean that's the beauty of running as well in general isn't it like you feel like you learn more about yourself as well and what you can challenge yourself to do and particularly yeah. those longer distances that must be but it helps you to enjoy it more as well because you know you think about how many uh when you try for fast marathons how many times does it actually go right it's definitely not every time and you know for the best people maybe you know 50 percent of them will go right and the rest of us maybe 20 percent of your you know your good marathon attempts go right and so actually having some way you're just there to enjoy it um is uh you know just good for for your motivation and for the soul right it's like totally. last time i did london i was like right you know what? i'm not going to go for a time here because i just want to take it in i just want to enjoy it and i know that if you put the pressure on yourself going for going for times when when running it can become quite quite miserable if you if you're chasing times so true isn't it yeah 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 and i was very happy with my time this year at london but i totally did the same because with Indy being born, I was like, I'm going to have a little disruption here in the middle of it. So let me just see how it is. And and obviously it looks, it, I'm very happy with the time and it was definitely, you know, hard towards the end, but it's yeah. it such a nice experience to not be clock watching and like, oh no, gone through Canary Wharf and now all my splits are off and what am I actually doing? Oh, it was such a breath of fresh air, just, you know, really totally on feel. And every now and then I was like, oh, I think I'm running too fast. Yep, I'm 165. I need to be 160 Brilliant. until the last 10K. And definitely worked hard towards the end, too, right? And like the only time I allowed myself a little look was halfway and I realized I was on for sub 240. But yeah, yeah. I totally agree. It was a completely different experience to 
luckily London had just been October, so it could really compare it being not even a year or half half a year. And yeah, I I completely agree with you on that. It's it's reminded me why I love running, and it was like I'm not doing this for Strava, where people might see the times and yeah yeah just that that there is that social pressure in some ways like oh you were training really well getting pbs and why are you throwing away a training block but i actually had to remind myself 5k and no it's not about your ego today just like enjoy the run and really kiss the crowd <laughs> yeah more than that. i mean you were looking very strong when i saw you uh towards towards the end there i didn't realize you weren't checking your watch so that's um that's good <laughs> it was so good to see you guys yeah i i, I spotted io because i came around that corner and then you've got the great video thanks so much for that yeah and i think i saw confetti cannon go off on it as well yeah, yeah. so good so that adidas cheer zone so that's another thing you do isn't it you do um some of the the coaching with adidas london right uh, yeah, I used to help out more than I did. Um, used to be a crew runner um, there. So yeah, kind of helping out um, just with uh, some of the sessions. So um, similar to kind of what um, we do with Queen's Park, like, you know, helping out with the warm ups and, um, um, uh, you know, doing drills uh, with people, helping out you know, with people's form. Um, uh, yeah, I do, like I said before, I just, I really like, running communities and yeah. I, I think that that um share, sharing knowledge is really important uh you know in a sport that is so experience driven like you being able to pick people's brains is really really invaluable um yeah. and just see what's working for people see what's not working for people again particularly because there's so many different approaches you know to you ask um people about how to train for a marathon and you know you'll get a completely a completely different spectrum of responses yeah. right and you know even in the um uh really um like well-known methods there's 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 so much difference to them you compare something like hansen's to you know um fitzinger's it's they're completely different um and so how do you cut through that and then you know even things like you then get started on things like nutrition and um you know so many different approaches and it because it's very difficult for someone as an individual to cut through that and i think that you know running communities are so beneficial because you've got such a wealth of experience there that um you know you can help people can help guide guide you um towards that and that's what i i think communities like queen's park and adidas runners do do really well um it's just act as these uh beacons for people to come and gain knowledge but also to come and really enjoy running because that's the main thing right like you know um yeah. you want to be uh with people who are also really passionate about running and, and you know a wide variety of people you know made uh so many good friends through through those communities and that's again what kind of keeps me going going back to them is that i enjoy running i enjoy um, the people the people that's there um and yeah i just think they're really invaluable yeah totally yes that's that's really good good points there so you you started running you've really got into it and actually i can see that journey there where you've got all the way to kind of lakes in the day um is there a point somewhere in that journey or was it just a gradual thing um where you can can you pinpoint where you were like i really like this long distance stuff yeah um i think it was i don't there's 
not a specific point, but I think it was that kind of 2017. I had legs in a day um, and then uh, another 50K. I think it was the Ham and Lime Ultra, um, which mm. was down kind of Dorset. And kind of both of those were um, like events which I'd not been to the Lake District before. Um, I'd not run on this trail around Dorset before. It was really nice, finished at the coast. And I was like, kind of hang on this uh this form of running it's um it, it's great because i get to travel see places it, it, excuses to go to different places in the uk um that i've not really been to um before and you know it's not just you know running around a road in in a city and so i was then like actually i really enjoy this and i'd like to do a bit more of this um and then it was the whole thing of i'm more motivated i found myself getting more motivated by signing up to longer and more difficult events than um wanting to get faster and so whilst i had always had speed goals in mind like you know i really really wanted to crack sub three at the marathon for ages um actually that desire to to go longer was was much bigger um and so that combined with then wanting these kind of real experiences from races in um, new places and uh, uh, is kind of what dr um, drove me then to um, to kind of pursue um, looking at more ultras. Um, yeah. So then the following year, I th thought, right, uh, I looked, I did a 55 miler um, up in the North York Moors. You know, I've not been up there before. That was um, uh quite miserable up there actually i mean it was it was very desolate um but uh it did it was called the hardmores series of events so um the uh it's another kind of like very good running community up there um they're very friendly but um bunch of guys but uh yeah the north north york moors were uh was stunning um but yeah really desolate running it was boggy like um like lots of running through bracken and heather i went um went Ooh. up with a friend and it was his first ultra as well he um uh went a bit too fast and we were kind of i thought i, I kind of convinced him to run it with me and so um uh i thought I felt a bit bad leave, leaving him when he'd blown. So we both ran it together. Um, and he was there uh, kind of like feeling like absolute death, basically. Um, and then I was quite chipper alongside him. And by the kind of second half of this 55 miler, I was like, come on, it's fine. You'll just do a run, just do a run walk strategy. You'll be OK. And I think that he was probably like, well, he was gritting his teeth, just like trying to get through it. Um, oh. So, uh, yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah, it's hard enough to run someone else's marathon with them, let alone the ultra. I can't imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, I think coming towards the race that we're going to chat about is probably best to start with the medal that you've got around your neck. <laughs> so you can yeah. introduce that and, 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 and the race that it, that it is, you know, what's the deal with it? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, gradually worked myself way up to the hundred mile distance, um, and, uh, did a few, uh, I've done a, a few hundred milers over the years. Um, but then this, uh, the kind of race that I've just completed is ultra trail Snowdonia. Um, so, uh, it's a hundred miles around, around Snowdonia. Um, it's, 
uh, in terms of it's a very difficult uh, race in terms of the elevation. It's um, it was advertised as nine and a half thousand meters, and I clocked um, I clocked uh, ten thousand two hundred meters. I think oh, the end. Gosh. Um, as you know, again, 100 miles, uh, which is 162 kilometers. I came in at 170. So, um, oh. yeah, was a, a little bit um, uh, oh. liberal with the estimating of the uh, of the stats. Um, Jeez. But yeah, so I first um, uh, first uh, did this race two years ago. Um, it was uh, kind of during just as we were coming out of covid um the i'd wanted to do it for a while it was called it was um it ran for i think two years before that and i mean in turn on paper it's the hardest hundred miler in the uk um there's there's nothing else which has got that amount of elevation gain in it um and uh over a hundred mile distance um mm. and and so i you know, really wanted to to um give it a go uh and coming out of covid i was feeling feeling very fit um because had good training good training over then i still think that's probably the fittest i've ever been actually is coming out Same. of covid because so much consistency all of my race pbs are, are from then um <laughs> uh and uh, uh the the event was originally mm. meant to be in uh it was originally meant to be in may um and it got postponed uh to august um and so i was then feeling i was a bit a little bit frustrated with that because i had a really good training block christmas up until um may that four months i ended up then signing up for um mm. devon coast to coast in its place which I ended up winning which i was very happy with mm. um and then uh then just trying to have a bit of recovery time and try and keep a degree of fitness up until August because I couldn't quite, I didn't want to not do a race in May and then kind of extend that training plan for, you know, it suddenly becomes a half a year training plan, which is just crazy. Um, so I wanted to get a race to then have a little bit of rest and then try and keep some of that fitness um, through yeah. till through to August, which I m managed to do. Um, but the, the race itself didn't go particularly well on the um on the day um i uh, i took a fall very early on um so it's it, it's really technical terrain so very rocky um and uh i was climbing up uh the first climb um it was it's about a 700 meter climb um which is fine and then uh descent which is very very technical and very slippery um and uh i hadn't re i hadn't recceed a lot of the course before i didn't if i didn't know most of the course um and so i didn't quite realize how bad this descent was and uh i hadn't switched on particularly well and uh all of a sudden i found my foot slipping out from under me and i could just see this boulder um that i was like my ass is gonna hit <laughs> um, i was like this could paralyze me <laughs> um yeah. and uh and and i hit it and uh christ it hurt and um throughout so the rest going of down uh, and you're going down you slip your legs from underneath you and then your ass goes into this boulder is that what you're saying it's it's the rock yeah um oh. and this was the fifth kilometer of oh. a you know 
162 kilometer race um and uh i i powered on i was like right okay i'm gonna just take it a little bit easier now it, it definitely hurt and um and try and push through um and then kind of throughout the rest of the rest the rest of that first day went okay um the but then by through the evening i just felt it swelling and my shorts were getting tighter and oh. tighter <laughs> um and uh oh, my, the, the the night section um the night section was was good i was running with a couple of other runners uh who were a little bit faster than me and i was consciously wanted to run with someone during the night because it helped a lot with the navigation particularly because i didn't know the area very well mm. so i was very conscious about um being with um with people during the night uh, and i think uh, buddying up with um these guys uh was a little bit to my detriment as well because i was running at a faster pace than i was happy with my legs were getting trashed um uh faster than um than they should really have been um and so by the time i got into that second day uh i was a, a bit of a bit of a crawl um and i was uh, kind of i'd got a lot of distance cleared and so in my mind i was thinking right i can i can trudge um this in just going at a really slow pace um and so but uh and i started throughout the rest of the day kept doing the maths in my head um and thinking it would be all right and then getting to the second night uh i in hindsight i should have should have slept before i got to an aid station which would have been ideal for taking a you know 15 minute power nap at, but I, there was an hour of light left and i was like and we had quite a big climb coming and i was like Do you know what? i actually want to do this climb in the light um and so i'm not going to sleep here i'll sleep at the next aid station and i was like well, if i get to the next aid station before midnight that'll give me plenty of time before the cutoffs um and i'll have a 15 minute power nap and then it was just 15 miles to the end um just and so miles i love that yeah just that. just 15 miles and uh <laughs> and so i kind of you know went up um uh the uh yeah went up this part of one one of the mountains went uh down into the valley where the aid station was and um i hadn't quite realized that we had to do another mountain and it was only it was only little it was you know um five k of running with about 500 meters of climb but i was moving so slowly and mentally that bit absolutely killed me because i'd prepared like right i'm going in i'm going to get some sleep and i'm going to be able to go again and then just knowing there was another 5k um and bear in mind on a good day so you know two days ago i was doing 5k in an hour and 10 minutes um you know it was probably my average um i did uh in 2021 that 5k took me four hours to do and so you know instead of getting in at um getting in at, at midnight uh i got in at 4 a.m and um I, w I was just blown and completely gone i had had to throw it in at, at that point um because i wouldn't have made the future the, fu um, the future aid stations um and so that was killer um because i had trained a lot for that i put a lot of focus um towards it and uh and, and hadn't, managed, hadn't managed to do it it's my first dnf um which again was re really difficult just um uh uh, trying to you know, trying to process something that you know you worked 
so much towards and then not being able to do it um it, it killed me and so i was then uh you know toying with going back the following year decided um not not to do it um and then uh it came to october of last year and i was like right i'm gonna go back 2023 give it give it another crack um and kind of in that time i'd done uh i'd done quite a few other events which kind of were kind of similar distances so i I did um the spine challenger um which was uh so you know when i so that was a 37 hour event um compared and which is kind of similar amounts of time to ultra trail snowdonia so that first time when i when i dnf'd that was after 43 hours of running um (laughs) which was long um (laughs) And so kind of, uh, yeah, used used the opportunity in between to do some races of a similar degree of difficulty and then wanted to go back um, and uh, and give it another crack. Um, so, yeah, went back on Sunday on. Well, no, not on Sunday. I, fin- I finished very early on Sunday. I went back on Thursday. We started midday Friday. Um, it was a uh, 1 p.m. Uh, start which I wasn't really sure about um it's a a really before you go into that yeah yeah so that'll be like the race before you go in I think let's hear about this build-up to it because I think it's such an interesting approach and I've got things like the training the prep like considerations for an event like this yeah uh, kit you know sessions that you do and then the tapering so I think first of all yeah. training like what do you you know I remember I remember us chatting actually on an Adidas run a long 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 time ago when we were talking about maybe doing the comrades and I said what do you do as training for an ultra and you were you said essentially just marathon training but with a little bit more emphasis on long stuff so back to backs is that still what you did for this kind of thing or what, what, what was your training like and how, how long out did you specifically train for this, you know? Yeah. Um, so what, where I've got to with my ultras is the, the training that I do, it's, it's very similar to marathon training. Um, the, uh, you know, for kind of, I guess any, for any event that you do, any ultra, um, you know, you you want your, you've got your base period, you've got your your build, peak, and taper, mm. um, and I still kind of try to keep that over a four month period, um, which is obviously generally what you do for marathon training. Um, for uh, this, what uh, I kind of in towards the back end of last year i did um a couple of events which were uh again similar so i did the goat um which is up in northumberland very boggy um race and uh, a lot of elevation in it as well so it's really good hill training um and so kind of the that back end of last year i put in a few of these uh if an event like that um did a few hill sessions i've got a regular kind of route which i do on the north downs way which gets in a lot of elevation um and so kind of during this base period i was trying to keep things like um weekly track session going 
tempo run going um and then uh, trying to keep in the um uh the hill training um the as i then started to kind of get into the 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 build phase of the program what i really wanted to obviously you want you want to focus on um the i knew at the end of it I had an event which I had to do a lot of hill climbing. And even though I tried to incorporate that into my um, you know, day-to-day base training, that event is still going to be so much more than uh, I can realistically do here in Clapham. As much as I close my eyes when I run around Clapham Common, I can't turn it into <laughs> snow, don't you? <laughs> um, so the, the build phase, what I really focused on was um, – uh, uh, not really more hills um i kept the kind of sessions on the north downs way um a similar amount which was you know every uh every, like every three or four weeks um i put in more gym work so and i did really a specific focus on quads um because what killed me in um 2021 the first time i did it um it was my quads that blew uh from running downhills quite quickly i did a lot Mm. of um of glute training a lot of hill work um and so my glutes were fine but going downhill absolutely wrecked my wrecked my quads particularly doing it with guys who were quicker than me um because it was getting so much force through there trying to keep up um that they, they were really what blew for me um the and so uh the gym work the um my focus in the gym was quads and glutes um and so and then uh during that build phase i also wanted to um try to get fitter um and so uh i had kind of not been doing a lot of speed or a lot of tempo work um towards the back end of uh last last year um it was kind of just you know a park run or the odd 10k here and there um so i kind of really specifically tried to get in a weekly tempo session tuesday track um keeping thursday peeler sessions going with ed yeah. and sven um uh just you know trying to to get fast because you see you look at like the the guys who are really um good at ultra running top ultra runners your jim wormsley your killians and um tom evans they're got massive aerobic engines um there and they're really bloody quick at the marathon as well um and and so uh you know there's uh there's still a huge a lot of people will look at ultra or look at ultra marathon as you know being really slow uh these you know plod around uh, have buffets at the aid stations yeah. um that's quite kind of quite a um uh, I guess an older view of um, of of running ultra marathons, and you look at the sharp end of the sport um, now, and it's it's dominated by very quick people. And so, um, to my mind, there is still a huge amount of value um, in keeping those fast sessions uh, within within your training plan. Mm. Um, and so, then when it got to kind of peaking, uh, the uh, what I wanted to do was um I, I did a big weekend in snowdonia so f- took four days there um and uh did i wrecked a huge amount of the course i did about 100k of it and all that back end so i didn't want to get to a point again where i didn't know what was coming up 
in terms of the course. Um, and so I saw all of it. And then that also um, was really good training because I was going out doing the same course profile, doing the big climbs. Um, and so I went out and on a the Friday, I went up with some friends and on the Friday, I just went out on my own. I did about 60K um, with 4,000 metres of climb. And then the Saturday went on a hike with the guys that I was there with. And then um, the Sunday did um, about 50K with 3,000 metres of climb in it. Um, and so I you know, managed to see a, hu a huge amount of the course and mm. get, that, get that climb that you know course specificity in which is really important when completing ultras um yeah and you know if you can't replicate it at home it's it's so much better just to go there and be able to see it um so yeah um that was good i mean the weather was crap when i went wrecked it and uh i just did one weekend i spoke to um a guy who we were getting the bus to the event start together and he said that he'd um he'd done 15 weekends at um in snowdonia and uh they were all completely crap weather and oh. uh thankfully we were there last weekend and it was glorious sunshine oh, brilliant brilliant <laughs> Okay, so I think the other ones are around kind of kit and nutrition, but I think that might be quite nicely covered during the, during the event. So um, mm. what did you do? You say you go up there, yes, the Thursday, and I cut you off when you were saying it was a kind of 1, 1 p.m. start. Is that right, on the Friday? Or was that the Thursday? Yes, on the Friday. So 1 right. p.m. start on the Friday. So you've got up. You've gone to bed at a sensible time on Thursday, not gone out in Snowdonia and had it large at the <laughs> um, Snow and Dragon, or the biggest pub around there. Um, you've had a good sensible night, even though it was quite a late start. Um, what's your what's your yeah what's your your pre race kind of rituals or sort of setups? Mm. What do you do the night before and the morning off? Yeah, so um, uh, I mean, had the had taper period and enjoy a good few days of carb loading yeah. um as as you do uh and then yeah the day before uh so on that thursday got the train up um and uh the evening before I had a had a pizza out in a, a an all right restaurant in bangor and got to bed at a reasonable time but i i get nervous um the uh, and the whole week before i had kind of pre-race nerves i wasn't sleeping very well um it's a problem because you can bank sleep so you like if there's a um if you've, i've got a big event coming up um where i know i'm not going to sleep if you can get really good sleep in the week before it puts you in huge benefit for the actual event um and that yeah, is, you'll be less tired. Um, that but, is such good advice, though, just to stop on that, because it's a bit of a throwaway there. But you're absolutely right. I, anyone listening who is going to do a big event and you you do get nervous the night before doesn't matter too much. If you've really had from, you know, it's a Sunday event the Monday before, just try and get good eight hours, even nine, whatever you bit more than you normally have. And it's amazing how even if you're nervous or in a new city in a new bed um, for the Friday and the Saturday, but particularly the Saturday, it's amazing how much it helps and you actually feel fine, isn't it? So you, yeah. you, you jumped over that, but you're absolutely right. That's amazing. And had you, had you managed to do that? Um, so 
not not particularly well um because my mind was just you know yeah. you've got so much that you need to pack um thinking a lot about about kit what i was going to carry thinking about my nutrition strategy and all of those things just keep going through your mind and so i wasn't particularly happy with my sleep in the week proceeding um so what i decided to do so i i was quite i wasn't particularly happy with the 1 p.m start i mean it's a, a ridiculous time to start a race um you know the some of the big ultras will uh, occasionally start in the evening um which will you know be a quirk of them um but most races will start at you know eight nine o'clock in the in the morning and so um the reason they did i think 1 p.m was so as everyone finished at the same time on the sunday um and i was kind of cursing it because it gives you so much time to hang around right before the race and overthink things and eat too much and um <laughs> yeah. too what much. i just what i decided to do was i i took some sleeping tablets actually um because i knew that it would take me a while to switch off um on the thursday night um and uh yeah just um uh, took a few sleeping tablets which helped me to get off and then i just didn't really set an alarm in the morning um the because normally i'd set an alarm uh for seven o'clock because that's the normal time i get up and then you know eat early so i can know everything's digested um and just go through all of that prep um but because it, there was the latest start i didn't really need to do that and uh, i knew that banking sleep would actually be really important um so uh so yeah i didn't set an alarm i managed to sleep in until it was about half eight so um mm. you know an extra hour and a half which um proved very very helpful for me um and you didn't so, feel groggy or anything from the sleeping tablets a little bit yeah but um that was it, because i still had quite a bit of time before the start of it yeah um didn't really bother me too much um, did you tried that in training as well i hadn't no um one of the things it's very difficult to practice in training is sleep deprivation um because a lot of the time kind of on one night one night of running you can do it uh, relatively easily um you know just through adrenaline um and taking lots of caffeine and it's really the second night where things get really difficult um like yeah. the in um 2021 i was literally had sleep hallucinations um oh. uh uh in that final 5k section i was talking about i was climbing up um the mountains called trifan which is an awful awful mountain it looks you look at it and it's a menacing looking mountain um and i was wow. going going up it in the pitch black anyway um and uh and kind of looking up i um i swear i saw a cafe and i was like is there an aid station up there? And then I, I got I got there and there was just absolutely nothing there. Um, and then on the way back down, because um, I knew I was going into a road, I needed to go into a road section. Um, I kept seeing these like orbs of light in the corner of my vision. Um, and, uh, and I kept thinking it was cars. And I was like, right, that's the, that's the road. That's the road. It, it wasn't. It was just these little bit, bits, orbs of light in, uh, in in the side of my eyes, which I just didn't know why they were there or not. But yeah, that's the second night kind of um, is when sleep deprivation really hits you. Um, and so I was really conscious about that with with this race, um, which is why I did things like take take the sleeping tablets. And I wanted to really 
have a proper sleep strategy because um, last time I wanted to finish it before the second night, get it over and done with. Um, and then that didn't happen. Um, and I didn't really have a proper strategy to deal with it. I took caffeine, but it was very much um, reactively. Um, and then I got myself into quite a bad mental state because I realized I was missing um my times and i uh wasn't happy that i had an extra 5k to do um and got into a very negative headspace with it um mm. which is compounded from the fact that you're you're so tired um and so this time going into it uh i really wanted to focus on that sleep strategy which included things like the um like uh making sure i got a lot of sleep that night before um but also I took caffeine um, much more preemptively and I took quite a lot more of it um, uh, at the weekend and then um, made sure that I was listening to music for like the whole thing because, you know, music is such a good mood booster, um, mm. which again was something that I hadn't done um, in, in the previous time. Uh, so yeah, that was something that I really, really wanted to, to, to focus on. Um, so yeah, got up at heart uh yeah half eight um had a pretty chilled breakfast and kind of gradually made um made my way over into to Lamberis for registration um and it's it's a busy event so um the it's now a by UTMB event so UTMB is a um, big run in uh in Chamonix which has been taken over by Iron Man, um, and so they've now um, bought up a load of different races, including this one in Snowdonia, and using them as almost like qualifying events for um, UTMB, which is a big. Uh, it's almost like the it's the, the kind of biggest event, pretty much in in trail running. Um, and so because of that, and now this is the only qualifying event in the UK. It's now mm. a really busy event. So um, when I did it over the whole weekend so there's a 100 mile event there's 100k and there's a 50k um we had about 800 runners um whereas this weekend gone there was 2800 runners over the three distances um which was crazy and so you know it was uh, very busy there and so i wanted to make sure i could get there register you get your kit checked um uh and so i wanted to get all of that done with a nice amount of time so i could then sit down and just kind of relax a little bit before the um before the start um yeah, yeah. oh so you're yeah that sounds epic doesn't it? i mean if anyone hasn't checked out utmb have a look at that because it is incredible and the, the start line video is amazing i mean it's become become a bit more of a festival type thing but it still just looks like the absolute pinnacle doesn't it and um, yeah notoriously tough to get into but races like this you, you collect thing you collect points to get in don't you which are chances. yeah it's got, and... get, got very complicated um so this gives you a number of stones which you can then submit to go into a lottery to get into the main utmb event and, and you... consequently it's sorry, sorry carry on as I say, consequently, it's just made it very popular. Um, and so there was, there's lots of people from the UK, but also internationally. Um, you could tell 
it was a much more international field than when I did it two years ago. And there was lots of quite, um, there was, I was really surprised at the number of people who were doing it as their first hundred mile event. Um, wow, really? And consequently, the um, finish rate was low. So uh, it was a 40% um, finish rate. Um, so wow. 230 runners started and I think 95 um, uh, finished. Wow. Epic. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, oh. I was going to say, um, it was yeah. is it UTMB that's like the ultimate goal for you then? Um, not for me. I'm... I would, I'd like to do it. It's on the, it's on the bucket list. Um, but it's, it's, there's so many people there um, that Fair you enough. don't, it, it, you see pictures of it and it's people like, you know, snail trail up the, up the mountains um, of just head yeah. torches. And um, it was like that at Snowdonia for the first couple of aid stations. So, three or four hours but then after that it was quite nice going into the first night um it really spaced out a little bit and you can have your own headspace and you're not worried about oh i've got to overtake this person on a single track um or god there's someone right up my ass and uh, <laughs> just you know get out of the way get out of the way overtake or not um and uh and so i quite like getting to a point where actually you can just get into your own rhythm um and it's so nice being out there on on your own because you do get to a point where you can't see anyone um and uh you know you're just then running in a really nice part of of wales um and yeah i, I really really like that so i would like to do utmb for the experience of it at one point but it's not kind of completely top of my bucket list um there's there's other events i think i'd um like to do before it mm. Nice. So you've made your way in. You're trying to make sure you get a good place on the start line, I guess, as well, right? What's um what's the bit between ambling in and 1 p.m.? Yeah. Um the so yeah, kit check had to show they had various requirements for all the bits and pieces you had to carry. So I had to I nicely packed my bag the evening before, and then you have to like <laughs> scurrily kind of unpack it because they're like you know, can you show me your whistle and that's right at the bottom of the bag and unpacking everything and then, uh, yeah got, got through that um some last minute you know keeping topped up on um sugars and carbs so um had a you know was sipping at a lucas aid for um for most of the morning um and then had a bit of flapjack before the start and um kind of then just uh found a bench and was just chat chatting um to to people just trying to you know keep your mind at ease a little bit because it's quite easy to get around pace, doing pacing and things and um it's it was good um my girlfriend joe came with me and so it was nice having her there because uh i've done a lot of these events just on my own before and it's very easy to get caught up in your own head and um and um uh, get a bit stressed out before the start when you probably don't need to. And so it was nice just having someone to talk with and be there with. Um, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. They had, um, so yeah, 230 people started it. So it was quite uh, a lot of people in the starting um, pen. Um, the, and you kind of start off with a climb up Snowden. So there's no cool. messing around. Um, it wasn't, uh, it was a similar route to what I ran in um, uh, two years ago, but uh, completely 
completely changed around in terms of the bit which I pulled out at mile 85 was actually in the first uh, 10 miles probably of it this year. So um, we started off, you know, with a slog up Snowdon and down Snowdon again, and then up um, the, uh, there's a kind of mountain range adjacent called the Glidders up and down that and back to this um, awful mountain called Triffin. <laughs> yeah, I've just um, seen some photos of it. It looks incredible. <laughs> yeah. God, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's um, strikes, strikes fear into pe into people, myself okay. included. Mm, um, but I was able to do that in the light at 3 p.m. It was, um, it was lovely. Uh, and I think you could tell the amount of um, people there that were quite inexperienced because a lot of people were absolutely smashed it. We started off going up the tourist trail from Lamberis to the top of Snowdon and uh, there were people running up that at quite a pace. And so the first aid station, um, I think, uh, I went through in 120th position, um, you know, so right in the middle of um, uh, of everyone. And then you can see by the end of it, I finished in 20th place. Um, and so, you know, there's so many people which really overestimated um, uh, their abilities or and underestimated the course. And so, um, you know, going to the different aid stations, the, people were taking quite a long time to rest and recover and um, on like the first second aid station i'd go in and uh you know there was lots of people having bowls of chili at the second aid station um you know sat in a chair and you're like okay right this person's going to be here for a while um whereas normally my ethos is you know there is no ex no reason to spend more than five minutes in an aid station really um, there's no reason to sit down unless you're going to the loo um, <laughs> so uh um yeah i like to get absolutely uh in and out um so, you, so yeah, just so, during this this thirty seven hours or so, you you haven't thirty five was it for you? You you don't uh, sleep at all. Yeah, thirty four. Pardon me. Yes, yeah. you don't you uh, don't sleep at all. No, no, I didn't. Um, I wow. Ha I had a plan for it in case it happened. Yeah. Um I was going to. Uh, they had beds at some of the later aid stations and there was one at about mile 90 and I was like right at that right. point I will, I will see how I am um, and if I need to sleep I will take um, 15 minutes there um, before pushing on um, and it's very difficult to estimate your times for these things so I've got um, I've got a big spreadsheet with all of my training and then all of my estimated times in it um, for getting to each aid station and um, put in my best guess. And then I normally put in six hours either side because, you know, it could really be anywhere in, in between that. Incredible um, planning, the planning of an engineer, some might say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, and and so I knew that I'd get into that final aid station somewhere near um, the start of the second night. And so part of my thinking was, well, if it's dark, um, you know, that's going to make, make me feel more tired. So if I get there and it's dark, then I might decide to, to sleep. But actually, I got to this final aid station and I was so determined to finish it at that point. And it was still light. I had um, probably another 
another hour of light ahead of me which again I wanted to make make the most of um and I just knew because I was using caffeine much better um the and I wasn't injured I was moving really well I was like there's I just need to get this completely done now um I really wanted to finish um so uh so yeah didn't uh didn't sleep so got through and the first night like I said the first night was um, normally fine for me and was actually really enjoyable because the weather was so hot um we'd had uh really kind of um uh the, the first sections a lot of climb um and they really packed a lot of the climb into the start and it and the end of it and so there were some stunning views and but you're very high up very exposed um getting a bit of sunburn um and so i really actually appreciated the call of the the night um there was the the kind of awful descent where i slipped and hurt my bum the, the first time um which i knew i'd be doing in the in the dark again and so i just took that super super carefully um and kind of one of a lot of people talk about having their running mantras and my running mantra um for this event was really to take the the downhill slowly um and just be be really careful um really yeah did you see the boulder that did it to you on the way down? The exact I didn't bit? know. I would like to. I I, I really yeah. should, you know, put a mark on it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, did. it put a mark on me. Honestly, my ass was like yin and yang. Like, you know, one side was completely black. I don't know, I've got a picture here, actually. I think you have a great uh, photo. If it's um, Instagram legal, then we should definitely share that. Oh, Brilliant. I don't know about that. But... So is that because the, the course is, is yeah. you know, so... Oh, brilliant. That's the bruise. Proper bruise right over the entire cheek. If um, um yeah. if you are running, you know, this part, is there a chance that you, you won't come across that boulder because it's it's a general route? Or what what do you run between? Are there markers that you have to kind of hit or there books yeah, that you have to pull question. pages out of like the Barclay? <laughs> <laughs> How does it um, it's a bit of a mix. So most of it is on normal paths um uh and so even some of the climbs where there's not a um uh where it's not like a well compacted path there's uh footsteps or you know it's a little single track so you can follow some kind of route which goes goes up there um this particular descent was when you get high up into the mountains, um, a lot of the it, it just becomes kind of rocks and you're hopping between boulders. And so there's no defined um, defined path there. So the event organizers put out little flags. Um, and so you really try to follow those flags because that's yes. the, the best route. Um, the They issue a uh, GPX file, which you put on, which, you know, you put onto your watch. And so I was when I was wrecking it, um, I had it on my watch, uh, but they're quite coarse files. So, you know, um, and you find yourself straying from them quite easily. So it's very easy to go the wrong way on a technical climb or a descent. And you're realizing uh, you've got to suddenly do a bit of rock climbing and it becomes really oh. scrambly. So actually it's quite helpful doing it in the context of these events, because you've got someone who knows the area putting out the flags um, and you can say, right, that's the best, best route down. Um, so when I wrecked it, 
six weeks ago i uh, i was literally like this is this is awful because i picked quite a poor route down it because i was trying to follow my the gpx as closely as possible um and i was thinking it's going to be absolutely awful but and i'd kind of built it up to be like that and then actually having these little orange flags which you're finding didn't make it too too bad um you do end up particularly in the night section really questioning yourself and it's not just on this event on any event if you can't see a flag or a course marker thinking am i going the right bloody way and because it's quite easy to overshoot something or not take um not take a turn off and then you know you're having to backtrack your steps um so uh yeah you've got to be really switched on (laughs) yeah when you're knackered as well yeah so this is um, the first evening and you've come to your yeah your yin yang point <laughs> yeah so the technical um descent so managed to get through through that okay and then the rest of that evening was um uh it's kind of bogland so it's really really marshy um kind of section which i knew quite well so it was fine um it was just very slippery and had a few um little little tumbles um but thankfully just in bog so um uh, so just got just got a bit muddy um from it uh and i think yeah that was when i started feeling a little bit tired um and then i'd always planned to start taking caffeine on that that first evening um so i had um caffeine bullets which i was taking every so often um uh, through that evening just to kind of keep me uh alert as we went through um and then one bit caffeine bullet sorry uh it's a it's a caffeine sweet basically like a little um little gummy Um, nice okay and yeah well like a chew yeah not so much a gummy but um yeah it's good it's got uh, like the equivalent amount of caffeine of two cups of coffee in it so um gives you a bit of a buzz um uh and then all my gels i make sure are caffeinated as well um just just to help with that yeah um but what i was particularly kind of looking forward to with that is there's a really nice climb um called connect um which was just after this boggy section and i was like you know what i really just want to make it to sunrise and do this climb in the sunrise because the view from there is absolutely stunning um and so that was kind of my motivation through that because you know with these big events where you're going for so long you need to set yourself little interim goals and things that you're looking forward to because otherwise focusing on a goal it in 43 hours time is um or uh, however long is mind mind numbing and so kind of in my mind it was like right trifan you need to get through that then the technical uh, descent where i hit my ass i need to get through that and then after this point it was like right it's the night section and then i can climb connect um and uh, and have a really nice sunrise and uh, so that was one of the things was like i really want to just enjoy that moment because it gives you, gives you something to to look forward to um mm. and you know keep keeps you positive which is what you need during a night section uh, and they tend to go really quickly for me anyway. I, uh, you know, the problem with the day is you can see how the sun moves and you know, you can see when the shops are open and you know if it's uh, eight in the morning or if it's 12 in midday. Whereas when it gets really dark, you just blink and so all of a sudden it goes from, you know, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. really, really quickly. Wow. Um, and so I quite like uh, quite like running running at night. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, so then made it did the sunset at sun, sunrise at Connect, and um, there's uh, another lovely boggy section after that. Which when I did my reckeys, uh, I went straight through the middle of this bog and was literally waist deep uh, I, to a point where it was like quicksand to get out of it i had to lay on my back like a like like a penguin kind of in the snow uh trying to regulate its temperature and roll out of the um uh, and roll out of the bog uh, and i went got to back share through. that photo i've seen a photo of you is that <laughs> yeah. the one yeah i've got to share that one because that's brilliant um and so I, I knew exactly where that was. And I was like, right, I'm taking a wide berth here. So managed to get through through that okay. Um, and then I kind of knew after that section, it was a um, uh, it, it was relatively flat. So I could actually get into a bit of a rhythm and I was feeling okay. Um, and again, I just kept kind of comparing myself back to two years ago. And kind of, I knew at sunrise, um, two years ago i was wasn't running very well like my uh i was my hip flexors were completely gone my mobility was was just not there at all i couldn't run down hills um and actually it felt really good to get to the same point you know sunrise and the morning of of um day two and actually be able to open the legs a little bit and we're not talking crazy <laughs> speeds here like i set my set my watch to give me um pace reminders at every 5k and so i think my quickest um uh 5k of of the that first kind of 24 hours was about 40 minutes and the slowest was uh one hour 30 so nice. uh, you know the, those those are the kind of paces we're talking but it's like anything you get into a rhythm and uh, you know regardless of how quick or slow it is you can you can tick the miles tick the miles off yeah um and so then kind of after that i i knew that there was a really horrible um climb and ridge coming up which i was which i knew i hit would hit about midday of the second day um and the heat was really starting to it was really starting to feel, feel it so by the time we got to probably 10 a.m i feel my arms burning um because i'm running with running poles uh and so um to help with the climb and so your your, your arms are always facing up um and mm, so managed to get some sun cream from um uh from one of the aid stations to sort myself out um and then kind of tackle this big section of it was it's an awful climb and then uh it's just very long it's about um 10 10 miles and uh, had to be very conscious of things like water um a lot uh, that we had there was one person who unfortunately had to get airlifted with sunstroke from from there um and uh, one of the just trying to control your temperature so i like put my hat in um water to try and cool my head down made sure i was getting shade on my face i also consciously moved from electrolyte drink to water at that point because the electrolyte drinks have a bit of salt in them which make which kind of makes you want to drink it a bit more um and so i was like actually if i found myself drinking less water when i filled up my bottles with water um so yeah. just i managed to get through that event thankfully there was um uh they put someone uh kind of on top of the mountain doing a little bit of a top up for people as well um That's so great. uh and i knew that kind of after that section it was 120k in 
a, a marathon remaining and I've kind of broken the back of it a little bit. And so that was kind of, um, yeah, a really nice point to get past after and after that and i mean it was an awful section i got to the aid station after it and um there was five people who were waiting for the bus to be picked up um and you know this was relatively towards the front of the pack at this point now um the if, if looking at the stats a lot of people ended up dropping there because it really kind of broke people um yeah 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 you you because you were in a good way you were like there's only a marathon to go but if you're in a bad way and there's a marathon to go it's it's gonna play with your mind maybe as well i wonder if that's part of it yeah i i I think as well because if you don't know what's coming as well it's just unknown um and because i'd wrecked the course yeah i knew so we had a climb up snowden which I knew actually the path was quite good there. The climb wasn't too bad and the descent was really runnable. And so a lot of people will say, oh, Christ, I've got to run up Snowden. Um, whereas uh, where, whereas I kind of knew that it would it would be OK. I was able to visualize the rest of the rest of the course. Nice. Um, and so at that point, I was just I wanted to be in and out again. I was probably in that age station for like three minutes um, because it just becomes infectious. Everyone's mood was really bad in there. Uh, and, uh, and, and I was like, there's no way I'm hanging around, uh, hanging around in here. Um, yeah. I think the good thing as well was uh, at the end of the first night, we were able to, we had a drop bag. And so um, you're able to, I'd put in a load of really good nutrition. I'd filled it up with Morton um, that I was able to pick up. And then, because I knew for the second day, the first day I could get away with cheese sandwiches and the crap that they give you at aid stations. But day two, I wanted proper, you know, proper nutrition. I wanted to get my, the number of calories right. I wanted to get the amount of carbs right. Um, and so I went away with a load of Morton. So it was very heavy uh, when running, but it was worth it um, because I wanted to get that nutrition strategy um right for that second part um so is this the morton solid stuff um yeah the solids nice. and i had a few of the um the few of the gels as well yeah um nice because also the aid stations are very much the same they stock them with the same stuff um for each of them so you get very tired of what's there um but so the the drop bag was was invaluable and whilst i say to most people you want to um you want to minimize faff and decision making as much as possible and so don't fill your drop bag with that much stuff i had quite a lot of did the different nutrition bits in there which i um was like well in case i fancy this i ended up just basically picking up and taking everything with me i made uh from the from the buffet on uh friday morning i made myself up a um a bacon sandwich that i was like i'm not gonna eat this now but i'm really gonna want this tomorrow morning so put a bacon sarnie in there i actually had a toothbrush i brushed my teeth um, oh, because yeah. you have so much gels and you know sweet crap with that you your mouth feels fuzzy it's like when you you know do a night drinking cider um you just uh you, your teeth feel awful um so this i want to refresh experience. myself yeah this yeah, is an experience it. you just can't buy can you you just can't learn do without learning yeah so brushing your teeth i mean that is that is not something you'd imagine in the middle of an ultra no no um but it just helps you feel fresh change yeah. my change my t-shirt um you know a bit of baby wipes yeah um, and, and shoes then, are you changing shoes during it so i had a change of shoes in case it got 
really boggy. Um, so, I mean, you know, could talk for hours about shoes, but the um, yeah. uh, uh, I've got a really set of good grippy um, shoes, but they're not particularly well cushioned. Um, I ended up going and wearing a pair of Hoka's, um, which had good grip on them, um, but also, but they've got the cushioning there. So your legs, de- your uh, muscles degrade that a little bit slower. Um, yeah, which, um, which model do you go for out of interest? I go for the Evo Mafates, which are um, out of production now. So I have to find them on eBay, basically, when people are, people are selling them. So um, actually, we should get rid of this bit because you don't want people to be starting to Yeah, we get the competition. Um, but the, the problem that I find with any high stack shoe is that you, you lose that bit of stability. And so there were a couple of times where I rolled my ankle um, and then, yeah. you know, just had mm-hmm. to run through it. And I mean, it's helpful having the poles because you can stabilize yourself a little bit. But if I had my thin, uh, I call them my bog trotters. Um, if I had my bog trotters, uh, you know, they're uh, much less cushioned, but your proprioception is much better. You're not going to roll your ankle in them. Yeah. Um, but thankfully the box weren't too bad, weren't bad enough for me to for, to get them out. <laughs> Brilliant. So you're, Yes, where did I cut you off there? You were you yeah, you changed your t shirt. You were leaving Yeah. Yeah, you were leaving the bad vibes aid yeah, station. The bad vibes aid station to climb Snowden. Um and the uh kind of so we climbed Snowden and I was by this point I was getting some quite bad blisters. Um the I felt them towards the top of Snowden. It was it was okay. So that climb I was I was chatting with a guy um and so the climb came really easy because we were talking with each other and towards the end we started drifting off a bit and um he, i realized i looked back and realized he'd actually sat down and was just taking like a little power nap um just on the side of the climb um, oh wow and uh, uh and so uh uh i then got to the top and uh was just f- f- feeling these blisters and was getting quite worried about them because i wasn't quite sure i never normally get blisters um but i think really? all of the heat and then that awful climb um made them come and so i took got to the top there and took my shoes off and then was just trying to problem solve a little bit so we had a um i mean most normal people carry blister plasters with them but i because i never get blister problems i I didn't um yeah. we had a self-adhesive bandage that we had to take with us um as part of the mandatory kit and so but i didn't have any scissors so i was kind of chewing this bandage apart with my teeth and then um you know putting that put that on my heel because oh. um I, I can deal with blisters on the bottom of my feet and uh i, I have i get quite a few on my toes and on the underside but they're not that that painful i mean they look grim i've practically got like a second layer of skin which is about to come off with a toenail um uh which, which probably b- before the end of this week um but yeah i got to got to snow and there was, i was like right this one on the back of my foot is going to be a problem and this could um really uh, screw me up so put the self-adhesive bandage on it um and then the other thing which i do Hello.
Hey, sorry, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes. I'm not sure what not sure what happened there. Um That's you ever seamlessly edit that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that'd be absolutely fine. Um you were talking about the bandage and then you said the it's other just... thing I do. So if you just start from that again, then yeah. we'll just be able to cut it in. Yeah, the uh so the other thing I do is I wear two pairs of socks. Um I wear a thin liner sock and then an outer sock. Um, and what that allows me to do is then if I find I'm getting hot spots, um, put Vaseline in between the socks. So then oh. any movement happens between the sock layers instead of between the sock and your foot. Love um, it. And so, uh, yeah, that's another top tip there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got to the top of Snowdon and probably wasn't the best place to stop because at all of the tourists and, you know, there's literally people in their flip flops who had just climbed Snowdon. Um, and uh, I was there in the middle of the path, just sat down, taking off layers of socks and vaselining myself. That's so funny that you um, say that because I was about to say you're you're there like just ripping with your teeth while people are probably having a really like scenic tourist day but then i thought no, no yeah they wouldn't be up there doing that and then you say that so actually they are <laughs> and you're you're there like looking bedraggled i bet you know second day and like chewing on things like who's yeah look like an absolute zombie um, by the, by this point you know it's this is probably 30 hours in um but this is also where kind of all of the courses met so there was a 100k there was a 50k oh um, nice and so i kind of found myself then with some really like chirpy 100k runners who wanted to chat uh, and i was not in the mood um at this point i was like right i just want to finish um and so uh yeah it was uh it was a really nice kind of descent down snowdon and which was nice and runnable um and at this point there's only 30k left in the event so um we went down snowdon there's a little kind of foresty section after that and then it's really back towards lamberis um and uh and so a couple of aid stations where i knew that i wanted to make the most of the light i was regularly taking caffeine um throughout this point to just make sure that i wasn't going to get an energy dip um mm. by the time i got to that final aid station there wasn't really any question in my mind that i was going to going to continue um and uh and so in, in literally i uh, you know called um uh, i called joe and i was like can you grab me some my um, my stomach was in bits i was like can you just grab me some chips for the finish line please if uh because i know i'll be back in you know three hours or so um and it, kind of at this point as well i'm watching it um so the kind of aid station is in one side of the valley you go over to Lamberis and you do this kind of horseshoe loop up a up a mountain um and uh that horseshoe was the only bit which of that final section which i hadn't actually recceed because um at the end of my recce day i was knackered by that point i was like you know what? i'm just going to go into Lamberis. i can see the horseshoe it's fine um and kind of following it on my watch um because there's not really much point following the distance because I know I can do you know you can do the distance what I care about is the climb and so I was constantly going right I'm 50% through the climb um happy days oh, I've got 2,000 meters of climb left that's like a big morning out on Box Hill um yeah. and that's kind of how I was rationalizing it and then kind of getting towards the start of this horseshoe loop I was like oh, there's only 200 meters of climb left this is perfect we must get to the top of this 
um, mountain and then cruise it into Lamberis. And then I got to the top of the mountain and the watch was saying, um, uh, was saying uh, 9,900 meters. And at this point I was like, oh, I might have to go and just do another 100 meters of climb to get it up to, to 10K at the end of this. Um, but then I realized that um, there was still a hell of a lot of climb. And so my watch got to eventually zero meters of climb left. I could still see people ahead of me climbing up more mountains. And so, um, oh, yeah, God. there was kind of that bit of like disassociation of expectation there because I was expecting to finish and have a nice run in um, and it didn't happen. And so at that point, but that point I was so close to finishing that adrenaline was really taking over and then with 6k to go um we hit a road section and it was just a road descent uh and uh and that was when i was really able to let the legs go loose and honestly it felt in my mind that i was running like four minute k's and uh, i looked back on strava and it was like five minute 30 k's <laughs> but it was brilliant i managed to pick off a load of people and to be honest most of them seem to be 150k runners i think i only managed to pick off about 200 mile runners at that point um but it was really nice being able to open the legs and actually just run you know a descent into the descent into lamberis oh Um, yeah and so yeah finished just after um finished about quarter past 11 and uh, I think they t- apparently they turned off like the big kind of announcements and, um, uh, you know, the DJ and everything at 11, which was a, a bit a bit sad. So it's quite a, a muted finish, um, oh, uh, yeah. but got through and uh, to be honest, just crashed. Um, yeah. But also because I predicted I predicted that I was going to finish mm. somewhere between half two and half four in the morning. And so my plan was like, oh, do you know what? I'll just have the finishers meal and then you know, go and get the last, tra- uh, the first train home. Uh, actually finishing just after 11, I was like, shit, I need some accommodation for, the, for this evening. <laughs> and so then had to worry about, um, about, about where I was going to stay. Oh, amazing. Um, so uh Gildas was at the end mutual friend um and uh he was in one of the bunk houses and um and and said that, that there were a load of people who hadn't checked into his room so um went and uh and shared a dorm which was uh which was good um Brilliant. but after these events i like do not sleep very well at all you know you're so stiff got so much kind of caffeine in the background of your system um i went to bed at half one and woke up at uh half four um just because you know you move as soon as you roll over something hurts um and so it's never going to be a good night's sleep um but yeah it's good to actually have a bed and be able to close your eyes for a bit yeah which part of the uh the body hurt the most when you when you kind of move the next day or it was um uh i mean it was the feet like my um i mean my quads were feeling it but the feet where like all of the blisters were and yeah i've got a toenail which is on its last legs <laughs> um and and so i've got some uh, really garish recovery slides and so i was like slides and socks for uh, oh, yes. for the next day um and then i had to wear shoes today and my god i could feel <laughs> could, could feel it good pair of slides yeah which um which slides do you have what your garish ones oh i've got the the hoka recovery slides so yeah um, these ones 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a cool colorway. Yeah, it's a good colorway. I, I found them a while ago because I was looking for shoes when I'm at home. You know, yep. I'm, I find that just being in slippers or, or nothing, just because because you you're like not doing much. I've got obviously the standing desk, but yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? How much of a difference it makes what you're wearing because yeah, the support made it made a big difference. Lockdown was a was a thing I learned that in. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can really feel the difference with them, like that the rocker plate in the middle of them. I was like, oh, it's just going to be like a pair of normal. Uh, like you know your adidas slides but it's not it's so it's so different they're so comfy to wear is it a plate in there i didn't know about that i just bought them because i heard they were really like they looked really good and the reviews are good yeah i don't know if it's an actual rocker plate but you can feel they've got that yeah. like, kind of mound or thickening in the cushioning which totally. makes it like feel really really supportive yeah um, yeah mm. i really i really love them but they're they're quite garish they are garish and the, yeah socks Get some in there funny looks do. on the train <laughs> totally oh that's brilliant so um yeah i mean you covered that really well so i don't know if there's any bits that i'd ask more about that just the the finish were there were there many people around as well to see you in was it you know the utmb running down into the mountain village no not quite because it's obviously no. 11 o'clock curfew but were there a few around the finish to to cheer you in there was a few around there, people waiting for other supports and yeah. uh, for people supporting other people. Um, the uh, quite amusingly, so um, yeah, my girlfriend was there and um, Gildas was there, but they'd not actually met before. Um, and so uh, I, I think um, he was having trouble uh, finding me on 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 the app, and so I said to her, "Oh, my, my runner's coming in in a minute, but it's not really updating." I'm following this guy Matt Duckett, <laughs> um, and so yeah, they eventually met uh, through through that. Um, That's but I, you know, <laughs> uh, we got through, and there was uh, they it was probably ten or so people there, um, but it was mainly runners who were absolutely conked. Um, yeah. And yeah, they gave us a finish line beer, and you could tell that everyone else had done kind of done the same. They'd taken one sip of the beer and then just like not looked at it again, and because my stomach was kind of in pieces by by this point, um, just wanted some like solid, quite plain food. Of course, yeah, chips. And so you, yeah, yeah you kind of covered it in in your um, in your chat about it was thirty four hours, and you came twentieth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the guy who won it did it in less than 24 hours, which was un- unbelievable. Um, wow. But just going back, I think one of the good things about the kind of UTMB takeover is the, um, I mean, the tracking for it was was good. And the the stats that they give you at the end, I was just looking through it um, before the call. You can see kind of like how your race positioning changed throughout um, throughout the day. So, yeah, I went from 120th down to 20th um and then gives you like your uh timings at each aid station which is really handy because i I'd, I'd actually manually calculated that as part of my prep um so when i did my recce i'd um recorded the times between individual sections and then like multiplied them up to account for fatigue or if it was a night section um but actually having having them do that for you is quite handy so be able to refine my spreadsheet a little bit better um and a little bit better off, now for next how time how far off the um the numbers were you out of interest yeah so my predicted time i predicted that i'd come in um in 36 hours 
um, and then it ended up being 34. Um, and so, yeah, I was just just under two hours off, which I didn't think was too bad, you know, of yeah. a nearly 40-hour event. So we were talking 5 or 6% there. Yeah, um, when you're saying that each aid station could be six hours each side. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I think it was two hours at the end. That's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. no, I was qu- quite quite happy with that. Um, no, so it's good. And then just... Uh, yeah being able to go back through the stats is uh it's quite fun to be honest and like the tracking good like being able to um uh see kind of like where you where you are in relation to uh to everyone else and um you know where you were predicting yeah oh brilliant well great to chat about that and um i think to finish just what what have you got next what's the uh either short or longer term goals Mm. Yeah, good question. So um next, so I'm signed up for Ultra Trail Monte Rosa. Um so it's kind of a uh it's it's an alpine event, so it's around um Zermatt, the Matterhorn, um kind of in wow. Switzerland. So it starts in Switzerland, dips into Italy for a bit, um, and uh goes around yeah, Zermatt and the Matterhorn and then finishes back in this little town called um Gracken. So out there in September. So it'll be really nice. It'll be a UTMB style event, but without the kind of circus of it all, um, like lots of little Alpine towns. Um, it's much smaller running field. Um, it's, it, it's really quite aggressive stats. It's 11 and a half thousand meters of climb over the whole thing. Um, and then, yeah, just over a hundred miles. So I'm really looking forward to it, but um, yeah, it, it's that kind of next level of, of climb but to be honest after last weekend i'm quite confident with it hopefully it'll go go okay you know running um running in the alps is actually uh, a lot easier than going through going through snowdon there's a yeah. bit of an uproar on the on the ultra trail snowdonia facebook group at the moment because i think a lot of um of international runners came over expecting it to be alpine running were met with 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 the welsh bog and weren't Brilliant. quite very quite as well prepared for it um so yeah doing that the other way around i'm hoping uh i'm hoping that it'll go okay um, oh, yeah. but no really looking forward to that like that would be a really cool experience uh, i've done a little bit of running in the alps before but nothing of kind of this uh size size of event so it should be really fun jeez yeah i did a little running just because i was there in the december once i mean it was not very snowy december at all but i remember just running up one of the hills and it was yeah not not much at all but in the in the grand scheme of things it was somewhere i could find and that was that was hilly enough so i can't imagine it it's at least you've got clapham common though that'll that'll get you ready for um <laughs> <laughs> yeah for when course. it comes around close my eyes um, get on the step machine <laughs> love it so i think finally it's always nice to do a couple of quick quick fire questions just yeah. to finish it off so what was uh what's your favorite distance Oh, favorite distance. I really like the 50 mile. It's you, it's not 24 hours of running. You can yeah. get it done in a day. You can see a, a huge amount of somewhere still. Um, and you don't feel really dreadful at the, at the end of it. You can Love do that it. with some flat hundred milers, but yeah, as a, as an overall distance, I think 50 mile is a, is a, a good one. Love it um what was your first race that you remember oh i did 
um, it was the uh, Windsor Trail Half Marathon. So I think it's Windsor Riverside Half Marathon. Um, that was in 2015, um, mm. just along the towpath there. And you know what? It remained my PB for absolutely ages because first half marathon, you know, you really dedicate yourself to it. I was doing really good training. <sighs> I think I got 135 um, for it. And then my subsequent half marathons, I just, uh, I was just like, oh, trying to coast it. Um, and But could never get back to that time. So um, yeah, got fond memories of the, of the Windsor Riverside half marathon. Love that. That's brilliant. Um... Okay, what would you give as one tip for new runners? Find your motivation. You know, awesome. do so, uh, you've got to enjoy running. So you've got to find a motivation which is uh, which can inspire you to to kind of work uh, towards something. But also, it's important to enjoy to to enjoy it at the same time so uh get a goal and it's some and it's something that motivates you find somewhere that's you know a nice place to run um that you're going to be happy uh going around you know running shouldn't be a slog love that absolutely right and um finally why do you run i run for the experiences to see new places to <laughs> go into the depths of yourself into dark places um and to to you know put yourself into um yeah into into these new places oh, i love it brilliant absolute pleasure chatting to you especially a well, few days where you're probably still on the caffeine high uh for the weekend <laughs> um thanks so much for taking the time out to have a chat yeah cheers sam it's been great great well we'll have to catch up again after the um the Zermatt one because that sounds like a great event too yeah absolutely see um yeah how how much better or worse it goes <laughs> <laughs> nice all the learning experience like you say yeah won't quite be able to recce this one uh this one oh, as yeah. much age stations of ham easy. and cheese is what i'm hoping for <laughs> yeah and the uh the, the bogs will set you up fine it's all good yeah for sure yeah oh well well done man it sounds great and um yeah thanks again Cheers, buddy. Catch you later. Take care. Bye. Bye.